From the Japan Times, I'm Oscar Boyd, and you're listening to Deep Dive. If it's your first time listening, Deep Dive is a podcast that looks beneath the surface of Japan. If you're joining us again, welcome back, and thanks as always for listening. On this week's episode, Japan Times politics reporter Sakura Murakami talks us through Prime Minister Shinzo Abe's speech last Friday, which marked the start of the Japanese Parliament's extraordinary diet session. Sakura, welcome back to the podcast. Thanks for having me back. What is an extraordinary diet session? I assume it's not just a mass exercise in weight loss. <laughs> uh, no, it actually isn't, surprisingly. So I think the best way to explain the answer to that question is by talking about the ordinary diet session first. The ordinary diet session is convened once a year in January and it goes on for 150 days. Um, so that's usually, well, until June, basically. The textbook explanation for why the ordinary diet session is convened is to discuss the budget for the next year. But obviously, lawmakers have free reign to ask questions about government policy. Laws in general are discussed and voted on. So uh, it would be just like any other parliamentary session that you would see across the world. When the ordinary diet session finishes, lawmakers or the cabinet has the choice to call for an extraordinary diet session. There's no set duration for how long the extraordinary diet session goes on for. And although it is called an extraordinary diet session, it has been convened pretty much every year since 1948. So it's sort of par for the course. Ordinary, some might say. Ordinary. <laughs> and yet well. extraordinary. Yeah. Okay, and what is the extraordinary diet session actually used to discuss um, in comparison to the ordinary diet session? Yeah, so um, again, the textbook explanation would be that at the extraordinary diet session, you discuss uh, like supplementary budgets, maybe foreign policy as well. But I mean, if you see either of these diet sessions on TV, you wouldn't be able to tell the difference. It looks pretty much the same. And Lawmakers usually discuss what is current and a hot topic at the time, including scandals and government scandals and government policies. So the most recent Extraordinary Diet session began on Friday. Who called it and why? Well, um, Abe, uh, Prime Minister Shinzo Abe and his cabinet convened this one. And as I mentioned earlier, Extraordinary Diet sessions have pretty much been convened regularly. But um, there are some major issues that the cabinet wants to discuss in the diet, including things like constitutional revision, the trade agreement between the US and Japan, which um, will have to be ratified as well. During this session? Yes. So those are some major issues that need to be discussed. You've been spending a lot of time in the Prime Minister's office recently and at uh, the Diet. You were there on Friday for the calling of the extraordinary diet session. Not a weight loss exercise. <laughs> Tell us a bit about what the diet's like for people who've never seen it or never been there before. So the National Diet Building is in central Tokyo. It's pretty much opposite the Prime Minister's office and right next to the 
um, National Diet Library. I think a lot of people would recognize it for its distinctive triangular roof. It was completed in 1936, and it's a huge, imposing building. It shows that it was built in 1936. The interior is very luxurious. It's got red carpeted hallways, which are very fluffy to walk on. And all the details on the walls kind of invoke this art deco style. Um, and you can find mail shoots. Mail shoots. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that look like they're still in use, I believe, actually. Um, I actually found one that had a sign saying, please don't fold the envelopes that you put in this mail shoot. So I just thought, oh, I mean, it must still be in use. It must be, yeah, people must still be using this. So that's the sort of place it is. So keeping up with all sorts of modern technologies then? Absolutely, <laughs> yeah. We, I'm still impressed one, that there are lifts in there. <laughs> So, um, you know, when you walk the corridors there, you'd find like the offices of all the political parties, like specific rooms for press. And on any given day that the diet is actually in session, you'd find bureaucrats and secretaries just sort of like having little sideline discussions. And it's got a very special vibe to it, I think. And so what's it like on the day an extraordinary or ordinary diet session begins? Where the entrance to the actual chamber is, you'd find a lot of uh, civil servants, secretaries, lawmakers and reporters just sort of milling about the entrance of the chamber and there'd be a bell that goes. Um, signifying like the beginning, the opening of the session and everyone would just sort of like pile in and the reporters would um, stay outside of these doors kind of waiting for um, the politicians to come out and, um, you know, to interview them briefly. And during the actual diet session, are you sat up in kind of an upper chamber somewhere or is it closed off from reporters? Uh, well, there is an upper chamber area that's open to the public, also to foreign dignitaries, for example. There's special seating for like imperial family members, etc. And that's where people who are reporters or like photographers, for example, would be taking photos or shooting film, etc. So um, if you want to listen to the actual session, you'd go upstairs um, into the second floor of the chamber. And what does the chamber actually look like? Well, it's a semicircle, and the 400-odd lawmakers all kind of sit facing the speaker. He's sort of sitting on an elevated dais uh, overlooking um, all the lawmakers. The members of the cabinet are all seated sort of on the right and left side of him facing um, the lawmakers as well. So specific lawmakers would be called on to make their speeches, which would have however many questions they want to ask the current cabinet. And then Prime Minister Abe would kind of go on the podium and give his speech in response to that, to the questions that were asked to him. So it's not really a debate in that there's not much like, it, it's just one speech after another, and which is overall a question and answer session, but it's not Mm -hmm. A debate like you would see in the UK parliaments, for example.
Everyone's seated in the main chamber, ready for the session to begin. What happens next? Uh, so what happened on Friday when the diet session opened was um, the speaker calls on Prime Minister Abe to give his policy speech. And the policy speech is basically kind of like the State of the Union address that you would see in the US. It sets out the tone and what the government's agenda is for that particular diet session. So it sounds like a very wide-ranging speech then. Yeah, absolutely. It just touches on everything from economics to, well, social welfare reform that the government's been talking about recently, also foreign policy and other social issues that has been in the news, for example. It's very wide-ranging and it just kind of touches. It's, it's a sweeping kind of look into the state of Japanese politics at the moment. Let's dive a little bit deeper into that speech. What were some of the big policies that Abe spoke about? So he began the speech um, talking about social welfare reform, which I think is one of the most pressing issues that the um, government really wants to work on. So in that respect, he tried to set the tone for what the government's agenda is. And I'll go into that later. But the most controversial part of the speech was at the very end of the speech where Prime Minister Abe mentioned constitutional revision. This part of the speech drew both cheers and jeers from the ruling bloc and also opposition lawmakers as well. Why? Why was it so controversial? Well, Prime Minister Abe has always wanted to revise Article 9 of the Constitution, which is the part of the Constitution which renounces war and is considered pacifist. That... Um, attempt hasn't really gone very well over the past few years and he's sort of shifted the focus on constitutional revision to something else, the referendum bill, which will allow people to vote more easily in referendums. But that being said, the opposition is concerned that changing the constitution at all would also set a precedent for constitutional revision which might make it easier for article 9 to be revised in the future as well by a different prime minister or a different uh, ruling party exactly so that's why they're resisting any kind of constitutional revision but abe's liberal democratic party are quite in favor of these changes to the constitution yes um it's been the party policy for the liberal liberal democratic party ever since its inception to change the constitution and to revise Article 9. And the LDP has actually proposed detailed suggestions on how to revise Article 9 as well. So they're sort of like pushing forward that debate, but the opposition party is not buying any of it. The actual debate of the diet, which is where the opposition asks questions to the cabinet and Prime Minister Abe responds and all that, um, that was supposed to start on Monday, but and it did, but the actual session was delayed by an hour and a half because the opposition boy, kind of, sort of semi-boycotted 
um, the debate. And why did they boycott it? Because the Speaker of the House, Tadamori Oshima, said during a party that he hosted over the weekend that he really hoped that the opposition party and the ruling bloc would come to uh, an agreement about constitutional revision over the course of this extraordinary diet session, which the opposition took to mean that he wasn't impartial on the issue of constitutional revision, which he should be, given that he is in the position of being the Speaker of the House. Constitutional revision then obviously proved pretty controversial. But let's move back to that issue you mentioned briefly earlier, that of social welfare reform. What did Abe have to say on that? So social welfare reform is top priority on the current government's agenda. And it's fair enough because the cost of social welfare is expected to balloon from 121 trillion yen in fiscal 2018 to up to 190 trillion yen in fiscal 2040. And that's all while the population declines, the population gets older, the number of people who can work declines as well. And with that, the number of people who are actually contributing taxes to the welfare system. Exactly. Did Abe have any concrete policy suggestions about social welfare and what he'd like to do in this session? Yes, um, he's talked a lot about creating a social welfare system that would be beneficial for all generations. But his focus um, during this policy speech in particular was on the older generation. So he talked about ensuring, like giving opportunities for people who are over 65 who want to continue working to do so. So he would kind of ensure that they have that those kinds of employment opportunities. He and, also, are these, and are these going to be proper jobs or is it going to be more people in Hiver's vests waving around lightsabers on the side of the street <laughs> well that's something we'll have to wait and see over the next year but it's kind of interesting you mentioned that because he also talked about the diversity of working and like lifestyles and allowing people to work in ways that would suit them which kind of also does suggest that it's not full-time work necessarily it would be part-time work which wouldn't pay as much, but then would be adjustable to their lifestyle. So you could take that both ways. It's not full employment, or it's kind of adjustable to everyone's diverse lifestyles as well. I want to pick you up on this diversity topic, because when you wrote an article about this opening speech, you actually um, offered some criticism, because diversity was very, very, very much limited to getting older people into the workforce, as opposed to more... Uh, wider notions of diversity such as including the number of foreign workers or including women or minorities yes yeah, so he didn't he didn't touch on foreign workers at all um he didn't really mention women either not in terms of like concrete policies at least and other minorities well i guess people who have disabilities for example were mentioned but he did use the word diversity quite a lot but it was a bit skewed in that respect um i guess People could argue that that part of his policy is done. Like he's worked on it. He's done the whole womanomics thing. He's done the whole 
I'm going to jump in here and say yes. it's not working <laughs> hugely well with Japan plummeting down the gender yeah, equality tables. Yeah, it's still tables. 100, below 100 on the gender parity rankings. Absolutely. And that's what I thought as well. So there's still so much work to be done. But then again, I guess he's sort of focusing his his efforts into the social welfare system for the elderly for now. Hopefully we'll see more um, like inclusive policies for women for foreign workers in the future as well one of the most pressing issues facing japan at the moment and one we've discussed with our colleague satoshi sugiyama in past podcasts is the relationship between japan and south korea at the moment what did abe have to say on that relationship Well, it was quite interesting because in his previous policy speech at the beginning of the year for the ordinary diet session, he didn't touch on South Korea at all. But in this policy speech, South Korea was kind of included. So he didn't really elaborate on the issue. Um, He merely said that uh, South Korea is a very important country as a neighboring uh, nation and that he hopes that South Korea will keep their promise um, with Japan and comply with international law. Which by default includes the 1965 treaty that was signed between Korea and Japan. Exactly. To so resolve wartime issues. Yeah. The government, I mean, hasn't been outright about necessarily use the wording of like you have to follow the 1965 treaty towards South Korea when they phrase it they usually use the word international law which by default I guess means international norms international uh, standards and by extension of that the 1965 treaty as well. Over the last month or so we've seen global climate strikes The start of this week has seen Extinction Rebellion take to more than 60 countries around the world. Did Abe make any mention of the environment within his policy speech? He didn't really mention climate change, but he did mention uh, the issue of marine plastics, which is uh, something the Japanese government has been really putting on their agenda, especially after the G20 summit where they adopted the whole Blue Ocean Declaration. Um, but then again, he said that in the context of Japan becoming more of a proactive player on the international scene by becoming not just a country that complies with the current international standards and international rules, but an active player in creating those rules as well. So that's sort of, I guess, a reflection of the stronger Japan, perhaps, that Abe wants to see in the future too. The other major thing that Abe presented in his speech was the US-Japan 
bilateral trade agreement, he was very careful with his wording. He used words like, oh, we've agreed to um, an agreement, basically. But the crucial thing about this is this agreement has to be ratified in the current extraordinary diet session. Um, He did get a lot of booze during that portion. And one lawmaker, I heard him say, like, where are the details? You know, what's going on? And which is exactly the problem, because not many people have seen the exact contents of the agreement yet. So that was Abe's speech on Friday. Um, We've now had two days Monday and Tuesday, of discussion within the diet, the continuation of the extraordinary diet session. What's happened in those sessions and how has Abe's speech been received by other lawmakers? Well, I mentioned the whole delay in the diet in the very first um, session, the very first debating session on Monday. The opposition lawmakers have been really um, focused on questioning the government on scandalous things that have happened over the past uh, few months. So, for example, questioning the government's response to the massive blackout that happened in Chiba following Typhoon Faxai hitting the area. The blackout kind of happened just around the time that Abe was doing his cabinet reshuffle. So people were questioning whether the cabinet reshuffle had gotten in the way of a proper government response, for example. This extraordinary diet session is actually the first diet session since the uh, opposition parties have sort of like made a, not a coalition, but sort of like formed a partnership and made a new parliamentary group. In the diet, party lines don't really exist, but parliamentary groups do. So what a parliamentary group is, it's sort of like a unit that determines how much time you get allocated to ask questions in the diet. Depending on the size of the block. Depending on the size of the block, yeah. So one of the interesting things about these parliamentary groups is that you don't have to share a common policy platform. And that's what we've seen here, like different opposition groups coming together to form a more aggressive block against the current government in time for this extraordinary diet session. And so Abe and his cabinet could be seeing a lot more opposition. Yes, exactly. This extraordinary diet session runs from now till December 9th. What might we expect to see over the course of the session? Well, the opposition will be doing a lot of grilling in the earlier part of the session, but then there are a lot of events and ceremonies involving the imperial family and the new emperor's enthronement happening around the end of October and November as well. So around that time, um, Prime Minister Abe will probably be very busy. He probably won't want to have any contentious bills being debated in the diet around that time. That being said, uh, Abe does want to see constitutional revision being debated more in the diet and being at the fore of the debates that are going on. So that might be something that sparks a lot of debate towards the end of the diet session. Well, thank you very much, Sakura, for joining me today. Thank you for having me. That was the Japan Times' Sakura Murakami, and you can find all of her reporting online at japantimes.co.jp. If you like the show, please do help make it better. Take our survey, it doesn't take long, and you can find it online at jtimes.jp slash dd. 
one more time that's j times.jp/dd and the link will be in the episode description find more episodes like this one and subscribe to us on apple podcasts spotify and google podcasts until next time do you want to join in yes i do Put <laughs> oh wait should i not laugh <laughs>